Now, in late spring of each year, I have these amazing visions of garden mastery dancing in my head. In my mind, I am planting the prettiest, most beautifully arranged, the hardiest, and most delicious array of vegetables, fruits, and flowers imaginable. And I convince myself in my head that this year, after so many years of trying, that our garden will finally be designated as the best in the Homeowners Association. Now, like Susan Lucci, who famously suffered a multi-decade Emmy Award drought until she finally grabbed the prize, I know, I, I just know that this year I'll finally get that recognition and all will be forgotten. That being said, by early September, by this time, the reality of my garden is less Eden-like than it is maybe post-apocalyptic or something like that. The heat and the endless drought and my own fatigue with upkeep has rendered much of my beds pale, droopy phantoms of what they could have been in my early spring imagination. Now the colic that we heard tonight is by far one of my favorite colics. When I heard Peggy recited on Sunday, I, I was again struck by its familiarity and how much I wish I could identify with it. You see, it's full of master gardener imagery. So it opens with this establishing shot. God is the gardener and we are the soil. We are the seed and we are the water that grows. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things. So we set that stage. And then the gardening imagery doubles down. Graft in our hearts the love of your name. Graft in our hearts. Graft is a very specific horticultural term. And it's actually one of the more, most advanced steps for a gardener to take. Now, Professor Google defines it as a technique that joins two plants into one. In general, a wound is created in one of the plants, and the other is inserted into that wound so that each plant's tissues can grow together. Most fruit trees today are grafted onto rootstock so they grow better. So I wonder, is a wound placed in our heart the place where God's rootstock can grow? Where we can appreciate the love of God's name? Now, as you know, like with many sermons, it's easy to get carried away with horticultural metaphors. But it, just going through this is kind of an interesting thought experiment, for me anyway. And then we get to the final part. Increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and bring forth in us the fruit of good works. Now the true religion part is assumed to reflect some of the religious controversies of the writer Thomas Cramner's time, like a schism with Rome or a challenge from the Anabaptists maybe. But it still sounds wonderfully aspirational. Increase in us true religion, like a daily exercise regimen that might make us stronger, a, religious re a religion regimen, true religion, might make us spiritually stronger. And finally, we ask God to nourish us with all goodness and bring forth in us the fruit, and that fruit is good works. Good works not for salvation's sake, but as the natural outcome of being in God's garden. And then the Colossians reading picks up on this spiritual growth. The love and faith the Colossians show is, quote, laying up, in, laying up hope in heaven, unquote. Them. Then in verse 6, just as this hope is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, 
so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves. Paul's gospel message is nourishing the Colossians. And their very beings are being changed as a result. And they do things differently. This part of Colossians is filled with what almost might be called fatherly pride. Paul's little community is doing well for the most part, and he lifts them up with the intimacy and pride that only a founder can do. Now, after these two readings, the Luke reading may appear to be a jarring departure from our gardening and fruitfulness imagery. We're met instead with a triptych of three short scenes. Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's mother-in-law is sick. Now, as a side note, it hadn't occurred to me that our beloved Peter was a married man, but it appears he was. I mean, I actually went and checked several commentaries because I'm like, wait, is this one just off? Uh, but no, the mother, this is Simon Peter we're talking about. And it kind of, it does make me wonder in a, in a nice way about the Catholic Church's continued prohibition on marriage, clerical marriage, seeing as how their founder of the rock was himself a married man. But that's neither here nor there, so something to think about. What we do know from this is she's sick, and Jesus rebukes the fever, and she's well enough to get up and serve them lunch. The healing continues as sun sets. Hordes of people come to him with various ailments, and he lays hands on them and heals them all. Demons emerge from some of the sick, calling out who Jesus actually is. You are the Son of God. But he rebukes them too, silencing them. Now throughout the Gospels, it's often the most evil ones who know Jesus for who he truly is. They see in him the Son of God, the Messiah. Meanwhile, the well-intentioned humans around them, including the disciples, often remain ignorant. And at sunrise, the crowds continue to follow him and prevent him from leaving, or they try to. He defies them. He says, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. And that's the bearing of the fruit that we pray for in the collect, the good news of the kingdom of God, the inbreaking kingdom where we're grafted to the rootstock of God's name, where we're filled with true religion, it seeps down into our soul, it collects in our roots, it strengthens us. We're nourished and tended to, all by God's grace, to reveal the fruit of good works. Works that bring the kingdom of God just that much more into being. Into being in our hearts, into being in our works, into being in our souls, into being in our communities. I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, for I was sent for that purpose. As we assemble as the body of Christ, we share that purpose. Proclaim the good news. Proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's the fruit of our works. Now, I may not be able to carry through on my late spring to early fall garden dreams. There's no budding Eden in my backyard. But I'm comforted to know that God has much more patience with me and is always working on me as a part of God's garden. And through his grace, maybe I can be made able to provide the fruits of good works, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Let's hope so. Amen.